good luck with the most beautiful game. Do us proud. Red alert! They're up and running again. So smooth, so sweet, splendid, succinct, just glorious execution. Guys, all I'm looking for is 60% effort or 1,000% of the time. How sharp was that? Sharp of mind and body. And that's why you see those beautiful tears. Look at his movements. The most dangerous man on the planet. Nobody picks him up. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Wonder Goal, the soccer betting podcast from the Action Network. I'm your host today, BJ Cunningham, alongside my co-host and friend, Anthony DeBundo. We have reached the quarterfinals of the Women's World Cup. The United States is going home, but the tournament still goes on. Before we get started, Wonder Goal is presented by Bet365, the world's favorite sportsbook brand. Sign up with the promo code ACTION to get Bet365's exclusive sign-up offer. Bet $1 on any game, get $200 in bonus bets. Must be 21 years or older. Offers available in Colorado, New Jersey, Ohio, Virginia, and Iowa in the United States. If you have a gambling problem, please call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. Like I mentioned, the United States has gone home in the round of 16. We've got to give ourselves a little sad pat on the back um, for being being right about the United States and that the rest of the world is caught up to them in terms of talent, but it leaves a very, very interest, interesting tournament going forward. And here are your futures odds to win the women's world cup. England is your tournament favorite at plus two seventy five. Spain sitting at plus three fifty. Japan five to one France five to one Australia. One of the tournament hosts is eight to one. Sweden is nine to one. Netherlands is 12 to one. And Colombia is your longest shot at 28 to 1. But first, we will start in the first match, which is Spain against the Netherlands. Spain is your overwhelming favorite here. They are sitting at minus 110 on the three way line. Netherlands is sitting at plus 350 with the draw at plus 225. Spain is minus 225 to advance. Netherlands is sitting at plus 162 to advance. Anthony Spain was very impressive against Switzerland outside of one of the more shocking own goals I've ever seen in my life. Um, But do you think that Spain now has kind of overcome the bad match against Japan and really should be a bigger favorite here to move on to the quarterfinals? As our colleague Michael Leboff likes to say, uh, styles make fights and... Japan was probably the team that was perfectly engineered to destroy Spain in counterattacking modes and scored four goals on five shots on target, had just 23% of the ball. The Dutch are really not that team. Swiss was not that team, and the Dutch are not that team. The Dutch want to have possession of the ball. They want to be a technically good side. They want to have defensive possession, work their way through, uh, and create high turnovers to keep the ball. But I think Spain is just a better possession side. I think that creates a problem for the Dutch going up against this Spanish group, which has better, much better attacking players who produce a lot more uh, in terms of chances and, and ball progression. And um, the Dutch don't have one of their better midfielders in Van de Donk, who probably is most famously known for getting into a fight with Lindsey Horan in the USA-Netherlands match, uh, or at least a little dust up, uh, and they're good friends. So it's quite interesting. But her absence, you know, the Dutch getting four goals from Joe Roard, who has had a great World Cup, 
but is not someone who's putting up consistent shot production to the point where you'd expect her to keep that up. Um, they really haven't gotten a lot of striker production otherwise. And so I think that there's a real gulf in talent here uh, that maybe the market isn't quite picking up on. Now, Spain has moved from you know even money to minus 120 here. So the market has moved solidly in the, in the favor of the Spanish. Uh, I still like Spain here. I'm, I'm laying the minus 115, 120. I think that they're the clearly better team. The Dutch looked pretty vulnerable against South Africa. South Africa had a lot of good transition moments. Uh, the Dutch were immediately vulnerable after losing possession. And I think that's going to be a problem. You know, the United States wasn't able to take advantage of it because they've been so inefficient in their transitionary moments. But Spain is not that. I think Spain's going to have a, a, a good time scoring, you know, two goals minimum here. So I like the Spanish minus 120. Uh, that's my uh, probably my favorite bet of the quarterfinals. Me too. When I was coming into this, you know, before I started to dig into the stats, I was like, man, Netherlands 13 to one to win the world cup. Like that seems kind of long. But then when I started digging into it a little more, you know, you obviously hit the nail on the head that the Netherlands needs to be a team that needs to build out of the back. Like they need to have possession. Like how are they going to fare when they're only controlling 35 to 40% possession? Well, we already saw that against the United States. They were incredibly inefficient after scoring that opening goal. Now who knows if they were just trying to defend and, and hold off the United States and get that draw. But they lead the Women's World Cup with 85 high turnovers and 15 shots off of those high turnovers. That's a lot of that obviously came against Vietnam and against South Africa. That's a really dangerous game to play against the best build-up team in the world. So Spain is going to be able to control the ball. They're going to be able to build up. And if Netherlands wants to press them high, that's going to leave a lot of space in behind for Spain, who has been very good at creating chances. Obviously, you know, the match against Japan, they were incredibly inefficient, but against Switzerland and Costa Rica and Zambia, they have put up a combined over 14, I believe over 13 expected goals. So again, I agree with you. This price is really short here on Spain. You know, if you look at Opta, they have Spain at about a 65% chance to advance, which kind of lines up with the minus 225. So it's it's a pretty significant discount just to ha- take them here to win in 90 minutes as essentially like a 12 or 14% discount. So I agree with you. I like Spain uh, for the 90 minute line, uh, you can find a minus one one out there as well. So they have a lot more attacking depth too. They do. And I think that matters as you get deeper into a tournament, they can, they can rotate fresh bodies in there. And, and, and as the game starts to wear down and teams get tired and whatnot, then you can see, you know, Spain differentiate itself from the, its peers in this group for my money, they should probably be the favorite for sure. They I understand why they're not because England has the easiest quarterfinal matchup, right? But on a neutral if I were honestly power rating these teams right now, based on what we've seen in the four games, plus our priors, like I think Spain is playing at the highest level. For sure. Overall. For sure. I know they All lost right. by four goals, and it's crazy to say that, but <laughs> that feels Again, like, like we said, like, like Netherlands is not a transitional team. Like it's not, they're, they're, they don't yeah. play the style that Japan plays. Like Japan was not good at necessarily pressing them high, but they sat deep and then they were good in their they did with the men's team did Spain in the, in the in the in the men's world cup it was the same exactly thing. it was exactly Remarkable. the same thing yeah and that, that that has not got effects for like what Japan looks like against a team where they're the favorite uh, we mm-hmm. we saw Japan play really well against Norway at times but also look vulnerable at times uh, and I think that this Japan team who ran like have run like gods in their first four games could they get picked off I think it's it's worthy conversation if they play again I mean that would be a really fascinating semifinal if oh, Spain yeah. got Japan again. Well, let's have that conversation, Anthony, because our next matchup is Japan versus Sweden. Japan is now a favorite at plus 125. Sweden sitting at plus 230 with the draw at plus 225. 
Japan is minus 163 to advance and Sweden's plus 120 to advance these odds as always coming from our friends at bet three, six, five, you mentioned it. Japan has run like gods this tournament. Like that's just how it is. You know, if you look at the match against, we talked about this match against Spain. Yes. They won four, nothing, but they scored four goals on five shots and target and less than one expected goal. Then they go do the exact same thing against Norway. They go down early, but again, they go and score three goals off of just one expected. So you look at the match against, uh, Spain and against Norway, like they've just been incredibly inefficient, incredibly efficient with their attacking opportunities and haven't created a big scoring chance in any of those matches. But it's, you know, so for my money, I do like a bet on on Sweden, even for the 90 minutes line. I think plus 230 is is a little, little steep for how good Sweden is. Now, Sweden really wasn't that oppressive against the United States and the United States was the better team. But again, Sweden really limited the United States chances. The United States had 22 shots and only created 1.3 expected goals. Didn't create, you know, a shot with an XG rating over 0.3. Like that's, an, that's impressive stuff. So, you know, Sweden, I'm interested to see who has more of the ball in this. My guess will be Sweden um, and how good they will be within their buildup play. And, and if they get caught with Japan pressing them and, and creating goals off of those, you know, high turnovers, but it's just too steep of a price. But then I come back to it and I say, okay, well, Sweden just played 120 minutes in a very emotional, grueling match against the United States. So if I had to pick anything, I would pick Sweden you know, plus 230 um, for the 90-minute line because I think that's a decent price on a team that, you know, coming into this World Cup was rated higher than Japan. And now, you know, you mentioned it off air, but like the United States is, was the exact same price here against Sweden that Japan is. So are we really going to sit here and say, Yes, Japan's been incredibly impressive, but coming into the tournament, would we really have said that Japan is just as good as the United States? I'm not so sure. So I'll probably end up taking the price in Sweden at plus 230. What do you think? Yeah, I largely agree. I, I think that, you know, Sweden came into this tournament with much lower odds to win it. Sweden was, you know, 18 to 1. Japan was nearly double that, 33 to 1. And now Japan is as big of a favorite as the United States was. Who was the tournament favorite to beat the Sweden team? Now, there's a couple of things that concern me. The first thing, there's been a lot of talk about how much better the United States was at having possession against Sweden and why that made them better. A lot of that was Sweden. Like Sweden was not playing the same tactics that the Dutch and the Portuguese were. We're like, we need to have the ball, defensive possession, defensive possession, defensive possession, and do nothing with it. Sweden was like, go ahead, USA, have the ball. We want to be the direct transition counterattacking team. And that's kind of what Japan wants to be when they're at their best too. So it's a big, it's a big who will have the ball question in this matchup. And I think that's what creates a really interesting dynamic uh, for this matchup because if Japan is the team uh, that is kind of putting their foot forward and has more of the ball, I think that kind of works for Sweden. Uh, I don't think Japan's going to create a ton of big chances. I think Sweden will be happy to sit back. But the problem is Sweden has not been good in buildup. Most of their good attacking production has come on set pieces and free kicks and in dead ball situations. And they have not been that good at buildup. So if they're going to have problems getting out of the press and Japan's going to get turnovers high, Japan's going to probably be better than the United States at turning those into good shots and finishing them. So that's the real red flag for Sweden. But again, like true talent, I can't understand how Sweden's a big dog here. Yeah. So at plus 130, I'm going to take the Swedes to advance again. Um, deja vu all over again. You know, hopefully they uh, don't need penalties this time, but I think this is a little bit closer. I, I think Japan's probably rightly a favorite. Yeah. Off form, but a plus 130 is a pretty friendly price for the, for the Swedes to advance here. And I hate taking a team coming off 120 minutes. I really do in these international yeah. tournaments, but 
I mean, we saw it at the men's world cup too. I mean, Costa Rica, I mean, excuse me, Costa Rica, <laughs> they're just in, in, embedded in my brain. Croatia did it time and time again, where they were just playing 120 minutes over and over again, but yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, the price is a little crazy here on Sweden. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Let's move on to the next match. One of your hosts, Australia, taking on our French team. France sitting at plus 110 on the 90-minute line. Australia's plus 270 with the draw at plus 210. France is minus 175 to advance with the draw. Australia sitting at plus 125. I really have nothing on this match. I think France should be a pretty decent favorite. You know, the what's the the conversation around Sam Kerr has been interesting. Australia has been really tight-lipped about that. It seems like she's not 100%, and I don't think she's going to be 100% for this match, which is obviously a loss for Australia. But they, outside of the match against Canada, have they really been that impressive at this World nope. Cup? No. And, you know, France... You know, they've had some moments where they've looked a little shaky, but they had a really dominant performance against Morocco. So I'm passing on this. Do you have anything for Australia and France? No, nothing for me either. Just going to ride our French tickets. We have yeah. that semifinal ticket, that outright ticket, hoping to get both, uh, especially the semi one to the to the window. Uh, I think they're rightly favored. I think if they got to a flat, like minus 110 money line, which the market is moving toward France. France opened plus 125, plus 130. Now they're down to plus 110 at most shops. If they were to get to a minus 110, I'd probably come back on Australia plus a half. I don't know that there's a huge gap, especially on the road. So that that, that is one question. But I loved France and the way they played against Morocco. I know it's Morocco, but they were so assured in possession. The defensive questions that, that kind of emerged because they gave up three to Panama, conceded a penalty, a couple big chances, and a, a wonder goal free kick. They were kind of quashed with Wendy Renard back in the lineup. She didn't play in the last match. Eugenie Lesomer did not play against Panama. The Lesomer Diani partnership is so perfect as a combination because of Lesomer's ability on the ball and ability to you know come short, find space, get on the ball, and and they're both good pressers. Like they get so much out of that combination uh, that it's very hard to beat this this team with how good they are at center back and striker. So. I think France is the right favorite here. If Kerr plays, like well, how fit is she? Because she didn't play yeah. in the group stage. They kept saying she was available, but then they they played her for 11 minutes off the bench once it was already 2-0 against Denmark. And the, you mentioned it. I mean, the performance against Denmark was fine, but it was not special. Uh, they the shots were they got outshot. Um, XG was you know one to point six. It was a pretty mediocre showing against a Denmark team that I don't really have an, a strong opinion on, but that was okay, not great. And the, the ball progression, the underlying stuff, like it wasn't all that great in the group stage either. So uh, the Matildas are are really hard to project. And I said that before the round of 16 matchup. I still feel that way. If they, Like I said, if they got to plus a half, I'd bet them. But right now, I think this is the easier pass on the board. And uh, hopefully our French continue to roll into a potential semifinal with England. You talked about this. We did a show with Anna Witte where we broke down all four of these games and we got her analysis and we also discussed the U.S. Women's National Team, what went wrong there. You can find those on our YouTube, Action Network YouTube. Uh, thought there was some good analysis there, especially from her on, on kind of the U.S. Women's National Team future. 
but you talked about how Australia won one nil against France right mm-hmm. before the world cup, but the underlying numbers were still France, France, France. Yep. So and Kerr played in that match too. Right. So I, I kind of think France is the right favorite here, but again, it's going to be a crowd, a wild crowd for this one yeah. sell out uh, their, their biggest stadium. So It'll yeah, it is interesting. You know, that match you mentioned, you know, Australia won one, nothing. XG was 1.2 to 0.9 in favor of France. They held 58% possession, outshot them 10 to 5. So, like, it was, you know, it was, it was an even match, but, like, France was, you know, better team, and Australia just converted one of their chances. So, yeah, I agree. One of the easiest passes on the board. You know, we, we obviously gave out France to make the semis at plus 170, so we just kind of, you know, I'm not going to hedge that ticket. I, I think that's still, you know, I mean, there's not really a great hedge price here on Australia to do that. So um, I'm just going to ride that ticket. Um, but if you're somebody who does have that ticket, you know, you, you can hedge, you know, depending on, you know, you can try to middle it. You can try to middle it as well. And this is a conversation, you know, maybe we'll have a- Australia plus a half. If it gets, like I said, if it gets right. down there, they get to the extra time and then France advances, that would be the dream. Right. It could happen. And- I mean, I, but again, you have to have a reason, you know, we talk about hedging sometimes, like you have to have a yeah. reason to think that things have changed. Right. And if you've watched France through the first four matches, I don't know how you come out with them being worse than maybe your pre-tournament prior. Like you could say that they underperformed early against Jamaica- and like the, the but the Panama game was weird. Like they really were never in doubt there. So like they've kind of just taken their business under control and, and had a had a solid showing since since that really awful first half. And so you know, you're kind of picking nits if you don't think France has met your expectations. Right. And there's no way Australia met your expectations pre-tournament thus far. I know they got here, but like they haven't been nearly as good as people thought. So I think that you'd have to go with the idea that like you're hedging into a ticket that you weren't planning to hedge pre-tournament. You were right. ahead if you got there. So uh, I'm not, I'm not usually team hedge. Now, if like I'm not either. for some Especially reason Wendy you. Renard was out, or if if Lissomer Diani was out, then yeah, that's a different conversation. But the way that they played has been impressive. I mean, the hedging conversation. You know, it, it you know this situation specifically, like you mentioned, like France is is clearly the favorite to advance here. So you know, essentially ride that plus one seventy ticket. You know, hedging for me is always just like how. Honestly, how much money do you have on that ticket? Like, if it's a if it's a substantial amount of money, then like, and if you don't feel comfortable, like just riding it out, then yeah, maybe take a piece and hedge off of it. But again, it's only plus one seventy. So like for me, who I just bet you know one unit on it, like I'm just riding that out and just happy to be in this yeah. position where I have a good where I have a plus one seventy on a team that's minus one seventy five to advance. So, you know, if you have questions about hedging, you know my usual you know, like you look at the matchup and see what it is, and then. Because, you know, if you have you know, tickets, for example, like I have a ticket, I know we both have a ticket on Sweden to go to the semifinals. Um, and there's really no, I'm not going to hedge with Japan, like at minus 160 or whatever it is. I'm just going to ride that ticket out, even if I don't feel that confident um, in it. So, but again, it, it really just comes down to like, you know, how much money do you have on it? Like, would it be a significant amount of money to you? Like, if it's that's case and you don't feel comfortable, then yeah, go ahead and hedge. Like we're not, nobody's going to sit here and judge you, whatever you do. So it just really comes down to your risk tolerance of what you see in the given matchup. All right, let's move on to our final match. England taking on Columbia. England is minus 188 on the three-way money line. Columbia is six to one. The draw is sitting at plus 260. England is minus 450 to advance. Columbia is sitting at three to one. I'm not betting it over here. I'm done with these Columbia overs. Like I just keep losing on them. Um, not doing it again. Tried to warn you. I know you did. Um, Diabolical game that was. No, I did not watch it live, but that was. I didn't either. Through all the box score, it was like. Yeah. I did, um, I did the three. I did the three a.m. or I did the five a.m. for USA Sweden. I did the three a.m. for Nigeria England. 
And I was like, you know what? It was again, it was like 3 a.m. I was like, I can, or 4 a.m. I was like, I am not doing Columbia, Jamaica at four in the morning. I'm yeah. going to wake up yeah. at seven. I'm going to watch my French roll and we'll see what happened in the other match. And looking at through the box score and like reading through how it played out and reading some recaps and stuff, like nothing in that game played out differently than what I thought from Columbia. They, yeah. Columbia has one of the four worst shot qualities per XG per shot in the tournament. Yep. And that's with having Myra and Caicedo. Like they have not been a good attack. I know they scored some goals, some fortune against South Korea and a couple bangers against Germany, but like they have not been a good attacking team. They have been okay defensively. England does not have Lauren James. She's suspended for the red card. I'm down on England too. I mean, I don't think they should be the favorite to win this. I don't think that they're playing well. I don't think that they have the depth. The team that won the Euros last year, half of them are injured. They weren't even the best team at the Euros. They were at home for that. Now they're not. Like there's all kinds of things that make me down on England. But Nigeria was plus one and a half. Do we really think Colombia is that much better than England or Nigeria? No, but you also have to bake in the fact that England just played 120 minutes right. and penalties. So that's where I kind of landed. I, I did bet Colombia plus one here. It's tough, right? Because I look at, you know, looking through, like you mentioned, the match against Jamaica and even the previous matches before that against Germany and against Morocco, like, Columbia hasn't created over one expected goal. Like they have not turned, like they've really not turned out to be the team that I thought that it was going to be this aggressive, you know, high event style team. It just hasn't really bared it out. And the thing about Columbia though, that gives me hope and everything is that they are a direct transitional type team. They're not a team that needs to have the ball. Like even if you look through a lot of their data, they have just seven 10 plus pass sequences. Like they're like, they're not a team that needs to control possession. And where is the impressive result for England here? Like they beat Haiti one, nothing. They really weren't like that much dominant or that much better than them. They beat Denmark one, nothing again, really wasn't that dominant. They had kind of the pressure off of them against China and they put six past them when they really just needed to draw. So it's a lot easier to play a match when it's just like, Oh, all we need is a draw. They were so good just come out and they looked great. But like you mentioned, they really weren't the better team against Nigeria. Like they lost the expected goals battle. They failed to create over one expected goal over 120 minutes. Now, now no Lauren James. Like, should they really be laying a goal against Colombia here? I'm, I don't think so. So I've taken Colombia plus one. Um, you know, two advances. You know, three to one still a little short for me. I, I'd need something a little bit higher, something like a four or five to one uh, to advance. Yeah. You know, Opta has them at twenty. 5% to advance. So three to I mean, one. Yeah. So it's essentially three to one. So yeah, you need, you need a better price. You need a four plus four fifty. but I don't think I, I have a hard time believing that the market is going to go towards England here as we get closer to the match. So Columbia plus one for me for the first 90 minutes. Uh, I do believe that they can, you know, I really don't think England should be laying a goal against Columbia here, especially given what we've seen. So that's where I've landed on this. Do you have a bet for this match? Not yet, no. Uh, I, I mean, it's Columbia or nothing. I'm not laying the goal with England, given how poor they've been. You mentioned yeah. it. They had one great game. They've been they've been mediocre in three of their four games. Yep. They got the penalty against Haiti. They won XG against Denmark, less than one against Nigeria. Got a, a bar down out situation on a banger from Nigeria in the first half. They could have been down. Um, they were not the better team in the first 85 minutes. Then the red card happens. They were hanging on in, in extra time. So... Yeah, it just hasn't been right for me with this team. And I'm continue to be unimpressed. So yeah. they may win the title looking very unimpressive. Maybe they'll win yeah. one nil here on like a header and then 
beat France on pens and make the final and they'll laugh at us. But that'd be so nice. I would love, love to get a dog price on Spain in a final against England or a dog price on France against England in the semis. And I think we're going to get it. I think we uh, are at least too. the first, at least the Spain one. Uh, I mean, given the France one. Even given like the odds right now, I mean, England's obviously your old woman favorite at plus 250 and France is five to one. So that tells you if everything bears out, you know, how it should. And even if England's not impressive and only wins like one nothing, like I still think they're going to be like a plus 125, plus 120 favorite over France, yeah. which is just going to be crazy. So I can't wait for that. Um, and again, yeah, like you mentioned, you know, I, I think the match against Spain will probably be around to pick them, which I would still take Spain in that um, just because. Yeah, of-, the, of course, some of the odds are baking in the fact that England gets the better of the draws. Like they have the easiest matchup in the quarters. Uh, but even after that, uh, I, I still think they'd be favored against Spain and France on a neutral. And I don't agree. So I agree. we'll yep. see if we can, uh, you know, part of me is rooting for England to advance here just so we can get the better spot to bet in the yeah. semis, but also would for our France ticket, like I'd much rather play Colombia. So uh, go Colombia. Hopefully they pull it off and uh, we can have a, a French party. For sure. Yeah. All right. That will do it for the women's world cup quarterfinals. Thank you all for tuning in some programming notes here. If you're interested in our conversation that Anthony mentioned with Anthony Winnie and Witty, go over to our YouTube page where you can where we broke down what happened what went wrong for the United States and some of our other quarterfinal picks. If you're a fan of the men's club competition, well, Wonder Goal has been podcasting nonstop for the past week. We've done our Premier League futures episode last week. That was an hour and a half. We did our point total draft with Alan, our good friend Alan Shapiro from the FML FPL pod. Me and Anthony took a deep dive into the other European leagues, the Bundesliga, Serie A, La Liga, and Ligue 1. And Thursday, as you're listening to this on Thursday, our match week one preview will be out for the Premier League where we give out all our favorite bets, our underdog parlay, and take a little trip over to Spain and France as well. So thank you all for listening. Thank you to our sponsors for Bet. Thank you to our sponsors at Bet365. For Anthony Bondo, I'm BJ Cunningham. Thank you all for listening and good luck with your wagers. Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.